You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What is happening? It's You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome to the AME Radio Show. I'm your host, Jason Dowd, and we've got a great show for you guys today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy with us as we talk everything art, music, and entertainment. I have a lot of stuff to go over with you guys today, uh, some of the things that I have noticed and some of the things I want to bring your attention to. And we also have a couple of great guests, and if I'm not too long-winded, we might be able to hear some music in this as well. So first, before we get into anything, go check out our website anytime you want, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. We have no subscription fees. Go out there and be inspired. See what the people that we have brought on this show have done and see how they've overcome any obstacle that they've, that they've encountered trying to achieve their dreams. You can do it. They can do it. You can do it too. I've been, I've been walking the walk and talk the talk, and that's why I'm here. We have created a platform for all artists everywhere to get out there and share with, with the world what you have going on. And this is the platform. So, again, it's www.theamemagazine.com, and you'll be able to see the radio show, the television show, and the magazine all in one spot. We're also on a lot of social media networks. It's facebook.com forward slash the AME experience and Twitter, which is at Dowd Studios. So share the conversation, like us, follow us, whatever it is on any of these platforms. Just go out there and be a part of it. And uh, as we grow, you grow. And we are going to be the voice for you. I don't care how established of a celebrity you are, and I don't care how much of a rookie you are in this field. We're here for you. And also, guys, very excited. I know I've been talking about it a lot, but we have a brand new app. Right now, it's only for Android platforms. We're still working on the um, the Apple iOS app, which we haven't quite got yet. But to get it, all you have to do is go to any of the websites, look for the little uh, Android icon, click it. It'll take you right to it. Download it on your phone. It's completely free. So it's a really fun and exciting way to experience the AME uh, magazine, radio, and television show. And uh, if you have subscribed to us on iTunes, you probably realize that there's no more shows showing up. We're not over with, obviously. The problem with it was is that we had a bad website. We had a bad link or something. Something happened, and we lost the connection with iTunes. So we have reestablished ourselves. All you have to do is look for us on iTunes at AME Radio, or you can go to our, any of our website, the radio website preferably, and uh, click on Find Us, the iTunes tab, and it will be allow you to go ahead and resubscribe. So all the stuff will come back down. I'm sorry about all that, guys. I really am. I don't know what happened, but we have fixed it. I pulled out some hair in the process, but I'll tell you what. We have fixed it, and I am very, very thankful for that. Okay, guys, so the two guests that we have coming up today are very special guests. We have Kevin Interdonato. He plays in a movie called Bad Frank. He is the star of the, the movie. He plays Frank, who is dealing with a mental illness that he decides to get off his medicine a little bit. And like most, unfortunately, most of them do because they feel like they're, they're normal, that they don't need this, that they don't really have it. They're cured. And it takes a bad turn for him. So you're going to talk to him about the movie. We're going to talk to him about mental illnesses. He doesn't have a physical mental illness, but he plays somebody that does. So he kind of got a firsthand experience of what it would be like if somebody had a mental illness. So we're going to talk to him about that. Also, we have Elizabeth Harnois coming up. She is in a brand new Lifetime movie airing September 4th called My Baby's Gone. And this sounds like a unbelievable Lifetime thriller drama. And I'll tell you what, Lifetime never, ever disappoints. So we're going to be talking to her about her career, and we're going to be talking to her about this movie and uh, a lot of other things that she has coming up. You know, she's been on CSI. She's played in Alice, The Adventures in Wonderland, One Tree Hill, 90210, and so many other things. So we have them coming up. We're very excited to talk to them. Okay, so very, very serious right now. There is a major problem going on in the United States right now. It is Texas. Texas is completely engulfed. Because of this uh, tropo- because of this hurricane that hit, I have seen water that it's up to the stoplights. It, it's it's almost hard to fathom, and being in a 
hurricane prone area i know what they're going through and i my heart goes out to texas right now guys i have a lot of friends that live down there uh i know a lot of colleagues that live down there and a lot of my listeners are down there so please guys stay safe and do what you need to do to rebuild you have our complete support behind you as you always will and um if you guys want to have or help this particular cause and help rebuild Texas, you can always do so by going to the American Red Cross and making a donation or physically volunteering your time and going down there to help. I'll tell you, there's nothing more inspiring than helping people and a community rebuild itself. You don't have to be from the community to help. All you have to do is just have a little bit of a heart and go down there and and make a difference. So please stay safe, guys, out there. You are all in my prayers, and I hope that this destruction goes away really 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 soon okay also if you are an artist guess what this is the best time of year to get out there and show your work you know why it's because we have fall festivals fall festivals are popping up all over the place and this is a great way for you to get out there and meet your fans sell your work get inspired for new work and be a part of the community And all you have to do is look for what's going on. There are a lot of fall festivals. There's not usually the state fairs. Those are usually in the the spring. But um, there are a lot of fall festivals. There's going to be a lot of food. You know, this is the harvest time, especially up north. There's a lot of them like that. Especially, you know, growing up in, in Southington, Connecticut, they used to have this green. And we used to have the apple festival. And you would go down there, and they would have all kinds of food. You'd have rides. You'd have artists that were showing their work. And you know what? It's a memorable time. Uh, A lot of churches put on a lot of things, too. So if you have appropriate type of, um, you know, appropriate type of artwork, I'm sure that you will be able to get get in on that. Even if you're not a part of the church, you may have to pay some type of of a, a showing fee or something, but it's worth it. You know, $20 to sit out there and talk to people is a great way to market your work. Don't don't shun any opportunity. Get out there and, and embrace it. And, um, you know, this isn't going to last too long because around Christmas time they stop. So between August and, say, mid-October, November, that's the best time to get in on it. So, And if you, and if you don't know where to look, go to Craigslist. Go to Backpage. Go to your local newspapers. Uh, check out any local radio shows or, or your TV listings. Sometimes the local news will have like some of the things they have coming up. There's ways to finding it. Just get out there and be proactive, and I guarantee you it will pay off in the end. Now, um, some of the things that I have been seeing on Facebook have been absolutely appalling. I am against hate in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, as I was scrolling down through my Facebook page today, I saw a lot of political stuff. And I don't even know how I get it all up there. It's just everybody has something to say. But, you know... People criticize the good things that people do, and people criticize the bad things that people do. And they are almost like dragon breath. You know, they're foaming at the mouth over good things that people are doing. And it's absolutely disgusting. We are fighting hate with hate in this country. Do you know what the problem with two negatives are? It doesn't make a positive. Only in rare, rare instances can two negatives make a positive. And fighting hate with more hate only makes the other side more hateful, and it divides us more. I truly believe that people want division in this country. We got to stop that. We got to come together as a as a human being with compassion and love, and fight hate with love. Racism will never die until we insert love. Racism will never die until we get equality in this in this country, where. The people that think that they're better than the others come down, and the people that want to be equal with others accept them and stop attacking them. And it happens on both sides. You know, I have seen racism on both sides. So not there isn't one person, there isn't one ethnic group in this community, in this United States, that is innocent of this. We need to start to love each other to fix this. Um, not only with not only with the, the the social and racial divide, but just the hate across the board. We have Antifa and all these you know neo Nazi groups going out there to destroy other people. How's that going to fix anything? 
Do you know what happens when you do that? You murder somebody. You hurt people. You tear them apart. And if caught, and it's that severe, you might get a needle in your arm in the end. What good does that solve? It doesn't. We need to, if we see somebody suffering or we see somebody angry, we need to go up to them and ask them, what can we do to help you feel better about yourself? What can we do to come together and make something positive here? If there's, a, if there's an area in, in your neighborhood that's, that's struggling, it's maybe, maybe not as, as rich as the other ones, help out. It doesn't necessarily take money to make that a better place for somebody else to live. We got to stop thinking of ourselves and stop using hate to fuel a change. The only change f- hate fuels is a negative one. Because you got to remember, in the laws of physics, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. The, the opposite reaction is usually the one you see. So let's come together with, with love, guys. Let's teach people to proactively and respectfully accept each other's views. Don't, nobody is better than anybody else. We've got to remember that. We are all equal. We're all here to, to, to make it through in this life, and we've got to do it together. All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have Kevin on the line, so don't go anywhere. Jason Dowd of Imagination Art Studios is proud to announce the release of his steampunk collection, which is currently on tour across the country. There you will see beautiful handmade masks from Venice, Italy that accentuate beautiful women to create amazing stories and feelings to those who visit the collection. Each photo series has a theme, mask, authentic props, and beautifully elaborate outfits, all collaborated in the mind of Jason Dowd to create the right emotion and feeling. The masks come from a shop at Epcot at the Italian Pavilion, where all these photos are on display for you to see. This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career, having his work at Disney. Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. Your time hasn't come yet, baby. You've got a lot of dreams to go. Your time hasn't come yet, baby. Hey guys, it's Jason Dowd and I got a special announcement for you. You know, it's hard to believe, but 2018 marks the 50th anniversary of Elvis Presley's Speedway. Co-star Victoria Page Meyerink will be making personal appearances throughout the year, sharing her memories of Elvis. Visit Meyerink.com, that's M-E-Y-E-R-I-N-K.com to find out where or to host a screening or Speedway event of your own with Victoria. She's going to be bringing candid, special behind-the-scenes memories of working with Elvis. Again, to find out how you can have your own personal screening or Speedway event with Victoria, just go to Meyerink.com, M-E-Y-E-R-I-N-K.com. The little boy next door who only makes you sore is going to someday turn your head right now. Hi, this is Jennifer McGill from the new Mickey Mouse Club, also a new recording artist, and you're listening to AME Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We have on the line with us our very special guest. His name is Kevin Interdonato. He is an actor in the brand new movie called Bad Frank. He plays Frank Pierce, so he is Bad Frank. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, Jason. Thanks for having me. Well, before we get into the movie, let's kind of give a little background about you. How did you get into acting? Uh, I got into acting um, when I was around 20 years old. Actually, I ended up taking classes at a, uh, a bogus talent agency, one of those scam agencies in North New Jersey, mm-hmm. and um, I ended up learning a lot about the business and what to do and what not to do from, from the get-go. So I ended up getting into acting because I just really couldn't find anything in life that satisfied me, and as soon as I took my first acting class, it just kind of rang through, and I've been with it ever since. Now, you said it was a bogus agency. I know I've heard about them before. What are some of the telltale signs that they are a bogus agency, and how did you find out that it was a bogus agency? 
you know, man, I was too green to realize it. You know, you think you've been around the block every, you know, now and then until someone pulls the wool over your eyes. But um, everything just seemed real quick, you know, fast talk people. And uh, it ended up that a couple of, um, I guess, disgruntled clients of theirs were at the office um, not too long after I signed up, and uh, I caught an earful. So, lo and behold, you know, most of it was true, and it turns out that there was a straight-up scam agency. Isn't it terrible that there's just people out there that, that prey on people like that, and they yeah, actually hurt the industry, is. you know? Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, it's, I could have got swallowed up in that, but looking back on it in hindsight, it was, a, it was a great thing to prepare me for the road I was about to be on, especially in this uh, the film business. A lot of sharks, a lot of snakes. So my first experience just was kind of an eye-opening call, or uh, you know, a wake-up call, and said, okay, this is how it's going to be, you know? Sure. I was ready. So what is what do you love about what do you love most about the acting field and what do you like to play in a character? What 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 makes being character so special for you? I think doing anything that allows you to step away from normal life. Um, you know, some actors make careers out of uh, being themselves, and there's certain attributes that they bring to their characters that they they walk around with every day. Uh, they're just good-looking, charismatic people. Um, you know, a great personality, and, and some people make a career out of that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it, you know. Uh, I, I enjoy watching actors that are charismatic and, and uh, you know, good personalities. Um, me, personally, I get to speak for my own, you know, myself here. Um, I do enjoy stepping out of my comfort zone and um, just kind of living a little bit, you know. It's kind of like an artist just, you know, being free enough to go paint something abstract. Uh, it's just a fulfillment that I really can't get anywhere else. Now, you've been in a, a couple of films already and stuff. Kind of tell us what has been your favorite character to play thus far, and what's your favorite genre of movie to actually perform in? Because, I mean, y you can do every, every form, that's for sure, but there's always got to be that one favorite that's just like, mm, I love playing in, in horror movies, or I love playing in action movies. What, what's it for, like for you? Well, I, on that note, I am dying for an action film, that's for sure. Um, but I have a feeling that's on its way. I guess... Uh, I, I guess my favorite genre, I don't have a favorite genre. You know, it really depends for me on the character and the story, whatever genre that falls into, you know, so be it. Um, there's some elements of a story that are so satisfying to do. Uh, it, it just goes above and beyond what, what genre it is. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess that's kind of how I look at it. As far as, you know, what attracts me to certain roles and everything, um, it varies, man. You know, I think you know. I think whatever life you lead has a lot to do with that too. Um, certain points in your life, like say that Frank um, playing that role of Frank Frank Pierce was definitely a high point for me. Um, it came at a time in my life when I really was ready to dig into a certain role that was complex and a questionable character, and that role just came at the right time, and I was ready for it. Uh, something might come at another time, so you never know. You never know. Now, you said you like to challenge yourselves, and I, I love to challenge myself, too. What would be something that would challenge you in the entertainment industry? Oh, boy. Um, I think it would have to do more with, uh, with certain, be, I guess, a type of person that I, I would be asked to play if I had that opportunity. Um, for example, some people have issues doing certain types of scenes, and you know other people would be okay with it. Um, I've done scenes that have involved extreme violence; doesn't sit well with me at all. Um, sometimes I wish I didn't do it. It just really rubs me the wrong way, even though it's you know what's needed. I think a fear of mine is singing. <laughs> I'm not much. <laughs> I'm not much of a singer. So, uh, I think. I think um, even though, it, but even though it's a fear, it's something that I. Uh, I would secretly hope happens, so it would give me a chance to kind of, you know, to kind of uh, face the fears a little. So that would be my number one thing, is, is having being having a role that requires singing, yeah. Now, do you prepare just in case that ever comes up? Have you been working on your voice and trying to sing in the shower anytime <laughs> you get a chance? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't, man. It'll be more of a challenge when it comes my way, for sure. All right, doing a cold turkey, I like that. That's cool. So kind of tell us a little bit about this movie, Bad Frank, that you're in. What's the plot of the movie, without giving away anything too major? Um, give us an idea of what the movie's about. Sure, sure. 
Um, that, Frank, is, uh, in a nutshell, it's about a uh, mentally ill man, uh, severely mentally ill. And he does live what seems to be a normal existence, house to life. And as the story unfolds, he does uh, have a lapse in, um, in using medication. And um, unfortunately, at the same time, some, someone from his past comes into his life, a hidden past that someone, that's alluded to and explained more throughout the story. And he's involved in something that he just should not be involved in. He gets caught up with the wrong people again, which he does not want to do. And he tries to do the right thing. And it kind of bites him in the ass. So combining, combining that along with lack of medication and um, a severe, I guess a severe situation that he's confronted with, uh, it lends itself to his true colors coming out in the end. Mm. Now, what type of um, mental mental di- uh, disorder did your character have, and did you have to do some pr- uh, some type of research for it to kind of figure out how those type of people have, um, you know, their their mannerisms, their way that they act, the way that they talk, and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, it was it was a fun process. That's that's part of the uh, the fun job that we have to do. It's like we're little detectives. Um, and, you know, some roles don't require it. Some roles, like I was saying before, you know, you have actors that have great personalities that just kind of jump in and do their thing. But some roles, like Frank, and uh, in turn, a lot of parts that I play, it does require that uh, you really got to jump in and find out what makes these people tick. So Bad Frank was presented to me as a, uh, a story. The script wasn't done. And the story, it was uh, spoken about this character that he had a bad bone. And... I've known people in my life, not many, but here or there that, that I grew up with that just had a bad bone, but I never really thought to understand and justify what that was, the reasoning was. So I had to really learn it for myself in order to play the character correctly and find out what it was, and based on the behavioral patterns of how I saw him, I essentially did classify him as having intermittent explosive disorder, which is a type of impulse control disorder, and with that comes the type of medication that he was on, the size, the size of dosage he had to take every day. And then in following that is the withdrawal symptoms of, of not taking such a high dosage cold turkey, which is similar to a heroin withdrawal. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that goes into it. Um, in order for it to be, I guess, completely, completely honest and, and real to me, it, you know, I don't want to act anything. So that was the, uh, the whole the whole effort on my part to get to the bottom of what really made this guy think. And, you know, what your character goes through is very, very common, especially in people with mental illness. I notice that a lot of times they start to feel like they're normal. So they feel like, well, I'm cured or I don't need this medicine as much anymore. So they either cut back on it or they go off cold turkey. And then they go absolutely sometimes crazy, and it's hard to get them back on that right track. But sometimes it's too late bad things have already happened to them because of the fact that they decided they felt good. And that this character might be one of those types of uh, roles that might wake up people to realizing that not necessarily the ones that have the uh, mental illnesses, but the family members around there to keep track on them. Because a lot of times we just take it for granted that they're okay. Yeah, you hit it on the head, Jay. That's, uh, that's pretty much where, where it was. Now his behavior, you know, what ultimately happens, which I'm not going to tell uh, anyone that's listening about um you know it's it's uh it's very violent and, and um you know there's extreme situations in this movie that you know make some people you know turn their head um but at the same time you know this is a mentally ill man and uh like you said you, you know you can it, you can relate to people like this and people can understand and that's why even because of his severe behavior in the film uh, a lot of the feedback I've been getting uh, and seeing in reviews and even social media, a lot of people have been hitting me up and saying, you know, I, I, I get it. I don't think he's a monster. I don't hate him. It's interesting seeing people's different views on the character. It really is. That is interesting. And, you know, when we think about mental illnesses, sometimes we always think that these people are bad or they're criminals or something like that. But they got to realize that sometimes, most of the time, they're not born like that. Not, not without the, the illness, but they're not born an evil person. They just have a chemical imbalance inside their head that causes them to think differently and do different different things. And therefore, I think that we need to 
better address these type of situations because they're not necessarily bad people. I mean, like you said, your character had a wife, a, you know, a family and house and everything else, and you know, he just has something a little bit wrong with his with his head with chemicals. It's not necessarily that he's a bad person because if he was, that that his wife wouldn't have been with him, right? So. You know, we, we sometimes, it is, neat, it is neat to be able to sit back and, and look at how people view these types of uh, individuals. And hopefully that we can show people that they're not all bad just because they have a mental illness. Yeah, very much so, man. Very much so. Like I was saying, that the, everyone's taste character is, is uh, very different. Um, even the difference between uh, men and women, uh, what their opinions are. It's quite fascinating to see how how quick people would sympathize for someone, even though their behaviors are so drastic, once they know the reasons why. You know, when we started this, Jason, I had, um, I had this thing pop in my head about this interview years ago that Jeffrey Dahmer's parents did on television. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Jeffrey Dahmer. And they came on TV. It was the first time they spoke publicly. And they denounced their son's behavior. They could not justify anything. They're, it was unbeknownst to them. They didn't say anything that led you to believe that they were in any way, shape, or form backing up their son. Mm-hmm. But at the very, very end, the very end, the father got choked up and he said, but he's still my son and I love him. And that struck, struck a chord in me that, that, that was rekindled when I got the Bad Frank story because no matter what, no matter how bad someone's decisions are, behaviors are, there's always someone that loves them. There's always some kind of love in their life, and I had to find that. And I think in the story, when people see the relationship that Frank has with his father, well, uh, who was so wonderfully played by um, Ray Boom Boom Mancini, um, it actually lets the audience sympathize for the character. And it gives them a reason to breathe and say, okay, well, I, I, I get it. I see that side of him now. So he's not this monster. He's not this animal. You know, I get it. And... Um, that's just part of putting that, you know, that, that character together, that storyline together. And really, it's really that, that aspect is what elevates the, the film, in my opinion, to another level. That's powerful, because that's something we always tend to forget, that everybody has somebody that loves them. And, uh, you know, when we, when we think that they're just animals, they're really, there is somebody that, that, that cared for them and loves them and still will love them no matter what happens. It's just they don't always necessarily, like you said, uh, you know, accept and, and, and praise their behavior. You know, there's two yeah. different aspects to that. So, playing, looking at your character, what was one of the most difficult things for you to adapt to to play this character that maybe you were just unfamiliar with? Oh, boy. Um, you know, being in that headspace, you know, I was involved in the, the production process to an extent, and then I backed off a good four weeks, three weeks before we started filming. So I, I had this character resting in me and sitting in me in a little box just waiting to come out. It was difficult because I was ready to pop about three weeks before shooting. I was, I was ready to go. I needed to shoot. I needed to get it out. And I, I couldn't. <laughs> so I, I just had to do stuff to maintain, to, to, to take the time away because I was going stir crazy. It's not, um, I'm not going to say it's not fun. You know, it, it is a, somewhat of a guilty pleasure uh, playing edgy, heavy characters like that. But it's also, you know, life. I have a wife, man. You know what I mean? I got mom and dad and brother and cousins. And, you know, sometimes to balance that, that headspace to stay focused on a deranged uh, character and then just get a phone call from your aunt saying, hey, how's it going? You know what I mean? It, it kind of throws things off. So it's um, finding a balance playing heavy characters like this with real life is uh, it's tricky. You've got you to be able to juggle. Sure. Well, we got about, just about two and a half minutes left, so kind of tell everybody where they can find the movie, when it's coming out, and uh, also how they can follow you and see anything that you have coming up as well. Oh, sure, sure. So, Bad Frank's available right now on Redbox, on Amazon, and on iTunes, Google Play, most cable networks. Um, you can keep, anyone can keep in touch with me on um, <clears throat> Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, say hello. Twitter, I'm at VKevinHO. And Instagram, I'm sorry, at Kevin Intro on Twitter, the Kevin Intro on Instagram, and just my name on Facebook, Kevin Intro Donato. And uh, yeah, I love to hear what people think. 
I hope they do. I hope they go out there and tell you exactly what what their opinions were were of the movie, what they felt about it, because that kind of gives you feedback and it and it helps you grow as an actor. But it also helps you see life in different perspectives as well, no matter what character you're playing. So that's always important. And um, said it, man. Yeah, I, and I do appreciate uh, these new fans coming from this film and other stuff. You know, it, it's all it's all appreciated on my end. So uh, I'd like to keep in touch with people. Well, there you go, guys. Go go ahead and uh, let them know what you think of, of the movie. And Kevin, thank you for coming on here and spending some time with us and talking to us about this character and you know bringing it into some light some things that we seem to over forget and or overlook uh, throughout life, and that's you know the uh, mental illnesses. So again, thank you, and I wish you all the best. Yeah, the pleasure is mine, Jason. Thanks for having me, man. You're welcome. All right, guys, All we're right. going to go to a quick commercial break. We, when we come back, we got more, so don't go anywhere. Do you love horror? The strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> Hi, this is Serena Palmer. You can come see me at the Shaw Festival and Dancing in Lunasa and Andrew Cleese in the Lion until October 15th. Visit ShawFest.com for more info. Hey, this is Jen Lilly from Days of Our Lives, and you're listening to AME Radio Show. Welcome back, everybody. We have on the line our special guest. Her name is Elizabeth Hanwha. She has been seen on CSI. She's played in Alice. She played Alice in The Adventures in Wonderland. She's played in One Tree Hill, 90210, Miami Medical, and now she is in a brand new Lifetime movie, which stuck, which actually airs on September 4th, called My Baby's Gone. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So, this sounds like a really cool movie that you're in. Uh, I love Lifetime movies. I've been really addicted to them. And, uh, you know, they just get better and better every time I see a new one. So, I'm really excited to, to hear about what this one is. Give everybody a little example of what this movie is going to be about. Um, this movie is sort of like a, um, the pregnant version of single white female where, you know, a woman wants another woman's life altogether, basically. And... Um, she uh, is willing to go to no ends <laughs> of the earth to make it happen. Um, there's, of course, the sort of heightened reality and, and the craziness that goes on in a movie like this where it's like, could that really happen? But of course it can happen in the universe of Lifetime movies. Sure. Like, these are fun movies where the drama is there, but it's actually kind of fun to experience the drama. You know what I mean? Sure. And, um, but yeah, she, uh, my character uh, is, is a woman who um, is on her her first baby but her i think she's had at least two miscarriages and um is very gun shy and scared and actually experiencing emotional problems as a result of having had so many miscarriages and um really doesn't trust even the reality of the fact that she's pregnant up to that moment that she's like eight months pregnant and she's not so baby she doesn't really trust it and this woman um kind of um, without getting into too many details as to how she gets does have a very sort of um, sneaky and, um, I would say, complicated path to how she makes it happen, but she makes it happen, and she becomes close with me as friends, and she takes advantage of that vulnerability, and I, and I become to trust her, and then, um, you know, it, and then it becomes, you know, it, is this woman really my friend, or is she after something that's, uh, you know, am I going to, once again, not, not have the child that I've had growing inside of me, <laughs> but it, at the hands of different, someone else this time. Um, but yeah, it's a very, um, very action, it's very action-packed despite it being two pregnant ladies, <laughs> which it, you'd wow. be surprised what uh, pregnant, pregnant-suited women can do. 
Um, oh, oh, I bet. Yeah, I can yeah. only imagine. <laughs> yeah, we bounce around all over the place. It's fun. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was it was really fun, and it was nice to go through it with another uh, girl um, who you know, to not be the only person wearing a pregnant suit on the set was kind of was kind of fun, and, and we were in it together, I guess you could say, because those things can be kind of uncomfortable and, <laughs> and large and hot and all of that. But, um, but, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I think that that pretty much sums it up. It is. It's very much a – I think everybody can watch it. I think it's a little bit more um, – uh, it's very, not not for little kids, but you yes. know, it's very much everyone – everybody can watch it, but it is very sort of suspense-driven and um, – and, um, you know, the, the destruction of the family unit by an outside force, um, a very menacing outside force who happens to have a very sweet face. So. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I've, been, I've actually met some women that have had miscarriages, and I know because they told me exactly what your, what your character is going through. They don't, they don't believe it until it happens next time. You know, because they, yeah. they they give up on that. They they're like, this is never going to happen to me, and I'll only believe it when I believe it. But now you got somebody that wants to take your kid, which is even crazier. I mean, how would your your character will never ever if she you know believe, believe or trust in anybody again? I could see that. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, and on top of it all, there's this whole other storyline going on where I mean, she's already experiencing such trust issues that could go along with having um, the psychological effects of having several, you know, miscarriages, you know, th- there's the psychological effects, and then there's the desire for doctors to medicate those psychological effects instead of, you know, really allow a woman to therapize through those issues. Um, sometimes things can't just be medicated, you know, sometimes traumatic events are just traumatic events, and so, you know, she ends up not trusting her her doctors, her, the people closest to her, and it, she, be, goes, she falls down sort of a vortex of distrust with everyone, and, um, it's, you know, it is, it's crazy that the one person she shouldn't trust is the one person that she finally feels that she can trust, and then, of course, that turns on its head. So, yeah, it's, it's very much about trust and who you feel you can and can't, and, that, and, the, and the, post, uh, the post-traumatic stress of, 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 you know, women who've gone through that. I have a very, you know, a couple of close friends who have had miscarriages and late-term miscarriages, and those kinds of things stay with you. It's like having, a, you actually did have a child, you know, and, um, you know, so the, the, that's the, that's the kind of thing that stays with you forever. You know, it's just like losing a person, a full-grown person. Right. And um, yeah, I think that that's what we explore, and and how how far she kind of loses it is is what we explore. But isn't but it in the, the end, she's not the one who's lost it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of that that fun part where she's not really the one who's lost it. She's the one who's been right the whole time, and you kind of have to. Learn to trust the one who's the most vulnerable sometimes, you know, the one who seems like they're off the rocker. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because, like you said, you know, she's trusting the one person that, you, that she shouldn't trust. But isn't that the, kind of the way in life that we seem to do it? It's like, it's like when we're vulnerable, the people that can take advantage of us know it more than anybody else does, even family members. And they sometimes, sometimes come up and take advantage of those type of people. And oh, for some reason, they just know how to get in there and just you know get your trust and and it's like then then they hurt you the most and that's kind of the the worst backstabbing that anybody can can encounter in life absolutely yeah no it is is, there's a special skill set for that and it's usually reserved for the sociopathic set but um (laughs) but they are it does happen it happens very frequently with things as simple as like you know people getting successful and then family members all of a sudden showing up you know what i mean it's like oh you're successful you're so vulnerable you don't know who your friends are well i'm your friend you know, right. <laughs> I'm your family. Well, I mean, no, same difference. You know, you've been through a lot emotionally. You've lost a lot, and you're vulnerable. And and the wrong people can come in and take advantage of that. And that's definitely, definitely what happens to my character. So and to her whole family, in in a way. So. So tell me a little bit about what made this character so inviting for you to want to play. What was what was some of the things about this character that just drew you to it? Um. For me, it was. Um, like I said, I've I've had some personal experience um, with people in my life who have gone through that t- specific type of loss, mm-hmm. and I and I know very specifically, you know how hard that was and how, um, you know, just what that is. I knew how I understood how to approach playing that, um, and I learned a lot about how it wasn't that different different from any other type of loss, whether it be, like I said, you know, an infant or an unborn child versus a full-grown person, once you've made that attachment to, the, to that being, 
it's a huge loss. And so there was something interesting to me um, in exploring that and, and how to play that. Um, there's also something interesting to me in playing a pregnant person because I haven't been pregnant yet and just sort of like settling into the physicality of that and, and the fun of just getting to be a little, uh, you know, a ball, a human ball for a little while. Um, <laughs> that was more the fun side of it. Um, but, you know, also there was, there was um, I think, so many twists and turns in terms of the trust that you had to really, at least for my character, I had to really sort of find the most natural way to tell a story that had very heightened twists and turns. And then when I watched it back, I realized that um, it, it totally works. You know what I mean? Like, it's sometimes when you read the, these kind of scripts, you go, oh, my gosh, is that going to work? Is that going to make sense? And then if you, you really have to give yourself over to it, you have to kind of embrace it and, and um, almost keep it, as, keep it as real as you can, keep it as subtle as you can. And those are the, the, the beats that actually played really well. Um, and, I, and I feel very proud of. So, yeah, it was, it was almost the challenge of making things that were hyper-real in the storytelling even more real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you said, and also the the, the, the and there was infidelity infidelity storyline, which I thought was kind of fun, or mm-hmm. or a suspected infidelity storyline. So there, there was just a lot in the script that that is very relatable that as a female that I could play with. So, ooh, a twist! I like that. that answers your question. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you were telling me that you had to wear a um, a pregnant suit. Obviously, it probably wouldn't be the full pregnant suit like the guys have to wear, but. Tell us how heavy was this pregnant suit? And I know usually when you're pregnant, your body kind of adjusts to it over the time because, you know, your, 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 your body's growing and developing around this baby, so it's a little bit easier than probably just wearing a, uh, a suit. You know, not, not being pregnant and you have to wear a suit, did it hurt your body in different ways when you took it off at the end? Kind of tell us a little bit what it was like to have to uh, work with that for, for a while. Um, it, yeah, it's interesting. Well, first of all, it took us a long time to find the perfect suit because we did not have one built, you know, during because of the time constraints. We did not have a custom suit made to my body. Um, I'm, I have a very average body size, so, you know, all of the sort of special effects houses had several that were uh, supposedly fit, would be fitting to my body. <laughs> um, but it did turn in, you know, we were already shooting before we had a final bo- uh, belly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of that did have to do with the fact that, um, I mean, I intentionally, I probably stayed a little, about five pounds heavier than I would like to be for camera just because I wanted to play realistically a pregnant woman, you know, mm-hmm. like the face, I wanted to look a little rounder and the hips to look a little wider, but the, the belly itself really helped with the aesthetic in general in the areas, not just in the belly, but on the side areas and all of that, it really helped in that way. But again, because it was so long, it did, it would start to become a bit uncomfortable, um, and that's why we kept trying on different ones. I mean, that we did end up with the one, the first one I tried on, which is, of course, how it always goes. <laughs> um, it ended up being the, the, least, the least of all the evils. And it was, the, you know, the worst that came out of it was that it felt a little bit bruisey at the hips because it was like a longer torso. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's funny when you're walking, you have something that big and low. And I, I, I wondered this, too, as for a real pregnant woman, I kept asking my, um, my friend who was pregnant at the time, like, you know, uh, do your knees just constantly bump your belly? And she's like, not quite that much, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> wow. So yeah, there was all sorts of things I was discovering about what it will be like when I do finally decide to do the baby thing. But um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't envy. I don't know that I envy it for any person having to wear it. But I do think it's easier when people have them made mm-hmm. for their bodies because I think it's made. You know, they're designed to rest in those areas in more appropriate ways so interesting very interesting so what do you hope that people will get when they watch this movie what do you hope that they that they feel from it or what do you hope that they take away from it when they're done watching um i think hopefully what people will get from this movie is um that um you know, for women, I mean, it's it's obviously, like I said, it's a heightened sort of a very suspenseful ride of a movie, and that and that's fun. That part of it's fun, despite it being very dramatic. There's a certain fun to this suspenseful ride that you go on. Um, ultimately, it's relatable for women who have gone through this in 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 in, in the sense that you know they're going to be able to 
um, see that it, it's very common. It's very common. Women go through this all the time, and they end up feeling these same feelings that my character has uh, experiences. What most women will find sort of a, a just maybe a departure from what they're going through, or their oh uh, their worst worst nightmare is what the rest of the story is. You know, when this woman right. comes into my life, so I think it's a story about the challenges of trust and the challenges of trusting yourself and the um, sort of um, importance of love in those situations. You know, in 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 the fidelity of of the of my relationship. The fact that I have a, a wonderful husband. I think all of these things women will watch and see um, the parts that are, you know, I think what we what we would hope would come out of a situation as terrible as this. You know what right. I mean? That, that they, they will maybe go on this terrible ride, but they will get something from it, that, um, an understanding and a certain uh, heightened appreciation for things like trust and love and the people who are loyal to you and the people that do matter and the ones you should listen to. You know what I mean? Sure. Now, there's so, obviously um, going to be some men watching this, too. So what do you hope that they no, get No, I know. I, I just relate to the female perspective. But, yeah, um, what men should be thinking about is, yeah. um, or seeing, I think that they'll enjoy just how crazy, again, how crazy the ride is, how the suspense and the, the sort of unexpected spins. But ultimately, I think, um, you know, for men, it'll be like, oh, my God, um, I need to keep crazy bitches away from my <laughs> wife when she's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) but if you're not allowed to say that part um, (laughs) you know I think that they'll um, maybe be a little more understanding to their wives when they're pregnant and they'll understand the the ups and downs and the the complete roller coaster of what it is just pregnancy alone be you know is enough uh, as a crazy roller coaster but then add a little bit of (laughs) of the spice of a lifetime movie to it and, um, and you have an even greater appreciation of the experience of being pregnant, <laughs> but no, the the, the 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 male characters in this are really wonderful male characters, and I think that that men will not feel alienated at all um, in terms of you know that there 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 are very heroic heroic moments and there are very loving moments, and I think that will be very relatable for men. Absolutely, and the, I, obviously the entire goal of this is to watch this and make sure that your life never becomes this movie, <laughs> right? So that's exactly right. If you, <laughs> we're asking, what is the point? What is the message? It is just to make sure that your life never, never becomes this movie. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and 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 also understanding what you do and do not have control over. Right. You do have control who over. You don't have control whether or not you're going to have miscarriage and things like that. You do have control over who the hell you let in your house who randomly moves in across the street. That's right. Like, those are the things you have control over. <laughs> Try and have clear sense of, of your wits when you're going about your, your day. That's right. <laughs> so. so before we tell everybody, again, where they will be able to see this and when it's coming on, I'd like to learn a little bit about you. So tell everybody how you got into being an actress. What made it so special for you? Um, let's see. I started acting when I was really young. I was probably about three years old, and... Um, it was more of a hobby for me. Like my, my my parents noticed that I was very. I don't want to say. Um, back in the day, it probably would have been called ADD, but I was constantly performing and memorizing lines and commercials and just putting on shows for them. Um, and they just kind of instead of putting me in like you know art class or something, they said, "Do you want to do this class, this kind of thing?" And I was like, "Yes, of course." So I did a couple of auditions and ended up booking like the first thing that I went in on, and wow. so it happened very quickly. Yeah, it was a commercial, and I was, and it just happened very quickly that this thing that was supposed to just be a hobby for me immediately turned into um, a career. And uh, my parents only let it be so much of a career because they wanted me in school just as much as you know. I didn't go and do homeschooling or anything like that, even though I worked quite a bit. I had like fifty 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 time in school and then on set. But um, it evolved from that, and I really loved it. And then when I went away to to college, I stopped for that period of time so that I could you know, study something else, and I ended up studying film, which wasn't that far away from what I was doing. (laughs) From the directing side, I knew that's something I always wanted to do. Um, So if anything, I just got, I was lucky to get a sort of um, head start on something I knew I was already sort of interested in or was going to take that path anyway. Um, And fortunately, I was able to transition from the childhood thing because I think that was also really scary, knowing how much I loved doing what I was doing, but also knowing that, you know, there's that period of time uh, that you just don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but it, it ended up working out quite well for me that way. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, acting as a kid was amazing. Doing Adventures in Wonderland was probably one of the best jobs I ever had because it was um, it, sort of employing everything that I loved doing in one TV show. I loved to sing. I loved to dance. I loved to act. It, I, I, it, it was like your classic like Annie moment for a little kid. Um, and at that time, Annie was huge, and I just loved Annie, so I was getting to live my own Annie experience. <laughs> um, uh, and I loved Alice in Wonderland. So, you know, that show was sort of like my, my ultimate um, dream job as a kid. And then um, as I became a teenager, you know, doing more sitcoms and things like that was more what I enjoyed. And so, but, um, yeah, it was, it, you know, it kind of happened very organically. There were periods of time when my parents were like, let's take her out of it. Let's just, you know, let her do her, let's do, let's do regular life for a while. And it was always me that went nuts when they, when they wanted to take a break from it because they would have to drive me to the auditions. You know sure. what I mean? They, it, they were not stage parents at all. They weren't people that liked to sit around on sets. Um, I kind of had the opposite ex- experience of a lot of kids in that way that, like, I was dragging my parents to the auditions, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, there, there did come a time when they were wanting to take a break, and um, I, I'll never forget it, the day that that happened. I like, was in tears, and I was like, no, no, you know, this is what I love to do. Um, and then they let me continue, but that with new rules in terms of how much I could, you know, how many things I could do. Because uh, I, I would book a lot of things, you know. I was a very, uh, I don't know if luck is the right word, but I, there was a certain amount of luck involved. Um, but I was very, um, at that time, worked quite a bit. So it was a tough decision for them after a while to keep driving from Los, to, from uh, Riverside to Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I, I could know. never be a stage parent myself because I would probably be kicked out for playing with everything that I see. I'd be like, ooh, look at that. And you know, I'd play with it and probably make noise and, you know, you know, quiet on set type thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very wondrous place is true. That's right. True. It's, uh, it's easy to, yeah, quiet on set indeed is, is, the, uh, <laughs> is the thing I'm sure that my parents were told when they were there too. They just, my, dad, my dad has this wonderful sort of aw shucks quality even though he's seen it all, you know. Right. He's never lost that the sense of wonder. And so whenever I do bring him to set to visit, like he's always just like, well, this is awesome, you know. Like, <laughs> it's very cute. <laughs> like he's never seen it before. Like I haven't been doing this for, since I was three. Like it's just, it's very cute. Right. Um, <laughs> he also acted the same way when 3D t- t- TVs came out. He was like, oh, gosh, this is amazing. It's like, but you've seen 3D before, Dad. Like, why is this the most amazing thing? Anyway. Because <laughs> it's there in front of him right now, so that's the most amazing thing ever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, Elizabeth, we now. Didn't make noises. What's that? I said, sorry, uh, we are actually running out of time, so I do want to tell everybody where they can find this movie that's coming out, uh, which is um, My Baby's Gone. And are you going to be live tweeting? And if so, would you be able to give them your Twitter account? Well, actually, I guess it doesn't really matter. That it's, um, what is my Twitter account? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's verified, so you can just put in my name, right? Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to. Okay, so you can you guys can do that. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know. I have such a weird little handle that I don't know what it is. But yeah, just check it out that way, and then it's not blocked, so anybody can go and see. And um, if I'm tweeting, you will see me tweeting about it. They haven't asked me, but I'm. You know, if they do, I will probably be doing it because I'll be with my family then, and we'll be watching it together. So that's awesome. And obviously, the show will be airing on September fourth. Uh, I don't have an exact time, but check your local listings anyways, and it was probably going to be on like 8 or 9 o'clock. That's when they usually are on. But What I have is, is uh, it's going to so be on lab- Monday, Labor Day, September 4th at 8 p.m. on Lifetime. Perfect. So I wasn't too far off. I'm not sure. Like I said, you're right. It could be which, which coast, but I'm assuming that's um, East Coast. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth, this has been a lot of fun. I love your energy. I cannot wait to see this movie out there, and I wish you all the best. And again, thank you for coming on. Spend so some much. time with me so much. Thank you so much. It was nice chatting with you. You too. Enjoy the movie. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got more, so don't go anywhere. Jason Dowd of Imagination Art Studios is proud to announce the release of his steampunk collection, which is currently on tour across the country. There you will see beautiful handmade masks from Venice, Italy that accentuate beautiful women to create amazing stories and feelings to those who visit the collection. Each photo series has a theme, mask, authentic props, and beautifully elaborate outfits, all collaborated in the mind of Jason Dowd to create the right emotion and feeling. The masks come from a shop at Epcot at the Italian Pavilion, where all these photos are on display for you to see. This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career having his work at Disney. 
Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. Hi, this is Serena Palmer. You can come see me at the Shaw Festival and Dancing in Lunasa and Andrew Lee's in the Line until October 15th. Visit shawfest.com for more info. Welcome back, everybody. We are about ready to close out the show. I promise you I'm going to get some music in there, and I absolutely will. So we're going to say goodbye now. Thank you for joining us and spending some time with us today. I hope you enjoyed our guest. I know they enjoyed talking to you, and I enjoyed spending some time with you as well. Now, if you want to check us out, we're here next week, same time, same channels. Now, what are those channels, you may ask? Very simple. All you have to do is every Friday morning, 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time on amfm247.com, and they're 9 actually now 10 AMFM stations across the United States. You can find us there. You can also find us there again on Saturday night at 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Friday at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, we are on WKLAP.com. It's an internet radio station and 88.3 FM in Newport Ritchie. And every Saturday night at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Radio Love, that's RadioLUV.com. That's an internet radio station as well. I think you guys are going to love to enjoy us at all these different places. And if you haven't checked us out on one of them yet, go ahead and try it. Now, we have a different show every single solitary one of those days, so go check it out. Uh, we are also on iTunes, and we are also on iHeart. All you have to do is, if you're a part of the iHeart family, go to the little search box and type in AME Radio Show and subscribe to us. So that's another way to find us. And, of course, you can always find any of the interviews that we had on our website, which is www.theamemagazine.com. All right, guys, that's all I have for you this week. Uh, we will uh, talk to you again next week. Same time, same channel. Stay safe. Keep those communities going. Be
jaded you. We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.